Okay, so unless you've been hiding under a rock, which isn't such a bad idea these days, you've probably heard the advice that you need to tell the people that you love that you love them because you never know how much time you nor they have on this earth. And that's really sound advice. But today I'm going to skip that one because it's so obvious. And I'm going to tell you advice that I've gotten from visiting hundreds of nursing homes. This is going to be informative and, in my opinion, very entertaining. Hi there, I'm your host, Lisa LaCasse. Join me every week as I share the latest trends, tips, and tricks to avoid the deterioration and diseases of aging. Nothing gets easier with age, but there's so much we can do to keep it from getting harder. Let's have fun adding not just years to our life, but life to our years. Hello, hello. If we haven't met yet, I'm Lisa LaCasse, the host of the Choose Your Future podcast. I'm grateful that you're tuning in today. And in case you didn't know, this month, September, is National Healthy Aging Month. And what better time than to talk to people who are of age and who have aged healthfully and to get some of their opinions. Now, just today, I'm recording this not on Monday when you're listening, but the week earlier, just today, I actually was talking with a woman who is 105. It is not unusual for me to see people regularly. I see them every week that are 100 and above. So that can be something for us to shoot for. I will tell you that it is not pleasant, though, if everything's broken down and you're in a lot of pain and you're not healthy. It's very odd to me. Usually the people that I meet that are 100 or over have much more spunk, much more vitality, much more energy, and much less pain and less physical restrictions than the people I see in nursing homes who are in their late 60s and 70s and 80s. So um, that says something to me. I think that's very valuable. And I ask them, especially my people 100 and over, what their tips are. Before I start getting into that, I want to tell you a story. It was, oh, maybe six months ago, and I was wearing my sexiest, most alluring gray scrubs. I was wearing goggles and a face mask, and I was pulling a cart full of equipment. I was going down a hallway in a nursing home to some resident rooms, and I was passing like the activities room, and I kind of had to walk through there. And there was a group of four women sitting around a circular table. They were all at least 75 and up, And they all kind of glared at me and I could see they were whispering. And I got that feeling that you feel maybe back in high school when you walk into the cafeteria and you go to sit with your friends and everybody stops talking and they have these really odd kind of guilty looks on their faces. And I continued to walk slowly and I heard the one say, oh, she thinks she's going to steal our men. And 
It was the funniest thing. I swear to God, I was not there on a manhunt by any means. But these women were like catty. And from talking to the nurses, they told me that they get like that. So just to start off here, I want to tell you that if you think that all these like elderly that are in nursing homes are sweet old little ladies and sweet old little men, they're just like us. They're just older. They have the same feelings and they still, I'm not talking about all of them, of course, but they still have the same needs, the same fears, and they're just normal people who have aged beyond our age. And I just really felt like I had to share that story with you to drive home the point that things don't just suddenly change one day because you know, you're a different age or the calendar flipped years or whatever. No, everybody's the same. And it's just the age of the body that you live in. So I'm going to go ahead and start listing some of the things that I've written down over the years that I've heard people say as advice. Some of it's really good. One of the things I've heard, and I'm going to get more sensational as we go, but one of the things I hear repeatedly, actually, is to get outside, especially during the past few months, the warmer months, where, you know, people are stuck in beds, they're stuck in wheelchairs. Some of the retirement homes do allow people who are physically able to go outside and sit. They might have a courtyard or a garden area. But the truth is, most of the people that are in nursing homes are incapable of getting themselves both outside and back inside and with staffing being so low and such a shortage of staff, there just aren't enough men or women, men manpower, I guess is the word, to get everybody outside to just sit for an hour or two and have an activity. So these people tell me all the time, get outside. There may come a day when you can't. And this, of course, is true not just with people in nursing homes, but people that are in their own homes or, you know, living with their children as they age or whatever that no longer have the physical ability to get outside and to enjoy the outside. So I highly encourage you. I never really thought about it, but I highly encourage you to make that a goal of yours. If not every day, then a few times a week, and especially, like I said, in the summer and the spring and fall months. Another thing I hear a lot is move every way that you can. And I'm thinking of one specific woman who told me that in her job, she used to work in a shoe store and she'd be down on her knees, hunched over or sitting on those little stools I don't know if you remember, but I know most of us are of a certain age where you would go to a shoe store and somebody would sit, they'd go in the back and pull out the shoes in the size that you wanted, and they'd come out and sit in front of you on a little tiny stool, and you would try, they'd help you get your foot into the shoe, and they would maybe feel around your toe to make sure it fit well, and they would help you try on the shoes, sort of, and this is what this woman used to do. And she said once she retired and the shoe store, the way it ran kind of changed. And now you just go into the store and you try them on yourself and take them or not. But that she stopped getting down on the floor. 
And she became a great-grandmother one day and went to get down towards the floor to play with her toddler great-grandchild. And it was just so hard to get to the floor. And that made her think of all the other things that she used to be able to do that were hard now for her to do. She moved into a ranch home, wasn't taking steps much. And now if she tries to take steps, it's very difficult for her. So she recommended that anything that you can do, any kind of movement to do that and don't stop doing it just because something else in your life, maybe your job or whatever it is has changed. Don't stop doing all the movements that you can, and that includes stretching. This one I love. I was told to watch the, quote, good food. And I've had different people use different stories. One is a gentleman I can think of. Uh, I mentioned before on this podcast that I'm from Pennsylvania, and we have this Pennsylvania Dutch culture here. And I don't know if you know what a whoopie pie is. It's like two pieces of dark chocolate, almost like a devil food cake, rounded circles with the best, the sweetest white cream in the middle. Those are called whoopie pies. And Pennsylvania Dutch is big on pies of all kinds, shoe fly, all kinds, whoopie pies. They're big on real doughy and potato filled dishes. And this man was telling me about how his mother was the best cook ever. And she would put more sugar in her homemade jellies and in her applesauces than you could find anywhere in a grocery store. And they were, for that reason, amazing. And I believe that they were because I can only imagine. But he said after his triple bypass surgery and a few other issues. He had very bad diabetes. He was getting ready to lose a leg that he's realized that the good food wasn't so good. It tasted good in the moment, but he's had complications now for decades and they're only getting worse. And he's really afraid that that good food is going to kill him early, which is kind of a really sad thing. And I think it's important for us to think about that. He said he wishes his mother was not such a good cook and she didn't make so much, quote, good food. So I think that's really valuable. And especially as we're becoming grandparents, you know, we want to we want to have that that stereotype of being the grandma who gives all the sweets and the, the yummy stuff. But at the same time, we want our grandchildren to be healthy, of course. So it's just something that, you know, balance is a good word where we want to treat them for sure, but we don't want to make their life harder in the long run. The next thing I want to talk about is, and I've heard this from a few people worded in many different ways, and it's first of all to go to the doctor, the regular doctor the dentist, the eye doctor, and any other doctors which are suggested by your family physician to go to see. Sometimes he may recommend something and you're thinking, eh, now I feel fine. I don't need to do that. It also may be a test, a mammogram, a colonoscopy, whatever it is. They really suggest that you do these things because more often than not, I'm told 
by the residents in nursing homes that they were kind of warned to go have something checked and didn't do it and therefore didn't get the care that they needed or the help that they needed and weren't able to make the lifestyle changes. And this is now why they're in a nursing home instead of being able to be at home and live out their lives in their own homes. So I think that we all kind of know that that's probably something we should do, but to hear it and to hear it over and over is a good reminder, I think. And also part B to that is they say to question things. If you go into the doctor because suddenly you notice a major difference, whether it's in your appetite, your digestion, your sleep, whatever it is, and they look at you, they listen to your heart or whatever, and they tell you you're fine, question them. Look into, like, we have Google, okay? Our These older people did not have that. Look into things for yourself. That doesn't mean if it's on the internet that it's true, but be informed. Go in with specific questions, and if you're not satisfied and you still have a gut feeling after your doctor tells you, that you're just fine, there's nothing wrong, you're imagining it, then go get a second opinion. There are doctors, medical professionals everywhere. Go get a second opinion and listen to your gut and do what you need to do so that something really important isn't overlooked. Next, making friends is a skill. What? I love this one. And I I only really, I heard it this way once for sure. But making friends is a skill. You probably notice if you have more than one child that maybe one of your kids would go to school and come home. And after the first day, they had five new friends they couldn't stop talking about. Whereas another child just kind of didn't mention any friends. Well, as we get older, The truth, the hard, sad truth is that we lose family. We lose, you know, grandparents, aunts, uncles, and parents. Sometimes we lose siblings if they're older than us. And at some point, we start to lose friends. And it's a sad thing, but it's part of the whole cycle of life. And if you're not able to make new friends, you're going to be alone. So whether you're in a nursing home where there's people all over the place that you can make friends with, and I see some people are so social and others just stay in their room, don't even talk to their roommates, they keep the curtains all closed, make friends. And if you're not, if you're someone that's able to stay home, God bless you, but be sure to stay social. This is a skill, and if it's something that you can't do now, it's probably not going to get easier as you age, so it's something to start practicing now, and oh gosh, do I love this one. I've heard this one many times. Listen to everyone. Everybody has a story. Everybody has a history. You know, when we're in high school... That's when we get closest to our friends, probably. And we all are from the same town. Our same town probably is strong in a certain culture. So we're all 
pretty much eating the same foods, celebrating the same holidays, living very similar lifestyles with similar traditions. And as we get older, especially when we go to college or we get a job that we're working with other people all different ages, not from our school, maybe not from our town or even our state, that's when we can really grow and expand our minds and learn about all the things that are out there. But you're not going to learn about those things if you don't listen. There are fascinating stories, just fascinating. Almost everybody I meet has one. It's great. Whether it was something they did as an occupation or somewhere they traveled or a hobby they had or someone they met, that it's endless. Every day there are new stories. And I really encourage you as we get older and we're not in that busy rush, 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 getting the kids around to take time to just listen to people. Now, that doesn't mean you have to agree with them. That doesn't mean you have to take their advice. That doesn't mean that you have to like everything they say. Maybe they're telling you about when they lived in, I don't know, Africa. And while it might be interesting, it's not something you want to do. That's fine. But the more you listen, you might find out that you do want to do, or it might confirm that you don't. There's never a need to listen to somebody and then follow what they're talking about. But the stories are amazing. This is a great time to be listening to other people, hearing their experiences, and learning from everyone. I hear this one a lot too. Worry is not worth it. Most of the things they tell me that they've worried about throughout their life never happened, like probably 90-something percent. They worried about what if their kids would I don't know, have an accident when they drove for the first time. What if their kids went to college and couldn't handle it? What if their kids got married and it wasn't the right person or they had a baby and couldn't take care of it? What if they lost their job? What if they, I don't know, had to drive in a snowstorm and had a car accident? We worry about so many things and not only does it take away from the time that we could be occupying our minds with something else, but it also creates this internal stress, which has a physical reaction in our body that we do not need. Don't worry, do your best. I mean, of course, there's going to be things that you have to think about and consider and prepare for, but don't worry about every little thing and eat the cake. Now, this might sound like a conflict to watch the good food, but I think they mean eat the piece of cake. They don't mean eat the entire cake and then go get another one and don't stop until you keel over. That's not what they mean, but they do mean once in a while, treat yourself, buy the shoes, go on the vacation, eat the cake. I love that. Here's one that really caught me off guard. And again, I've heard it more than once. And that's to forgive. Forgiving is such a wonderful thing, especially as we age, as we talked about earlier. People aren't going to be here forever. And sometimes it's too late, just like it's too late to tell them that you love them. It's too late to forgive them. And then for the rest of your life, you're living with that. It causes so much inner stress. It causes us to 
have just bad feelings when just releasing it is so much more powerful and it lets us be free to move on, be our best selves, and a lot of times rekindle a very, very valuable relationship. If somebody hurt you, then that means they probably had some kind of emotional bond with you. You probably really cared about that person. And forgiveness is key. Even if it's like you're divorced from somebody, you know, maybe they were horrible. Maybe they left you. Maybe they were unfaithful. Maybe they were abusive. Those are horrible. And I'm not saying forget those things, but maybe they also gave you a wonderful child or for years it was good and you did have some good memories. Forgive. Holding on to that grudge and that pain does not help anything. Now we're getting into some good fun ones. Um, Enjoy who you are. Enjoy your body, your stage of life, and don't wish your life away. Oh, I love that. Actually, my great-grandmother told me when I was, I think, 12, don't wish your life away. And I didn't really get it, but I do remember her saying it. But all those things, who you are today, maybe you're... I don't know, on a weight loss journey and you want to be better. Maybe you're getting a new degree and you want to be better. But you know what? Who you are today, your body, your stage of life, you're never going to get it back. I talked about this in an old podcast when we thought we were fat in high school or in college and now we would love to have that body. We thought we weren't smart enough and now we realize we were pretty darn smart. All the things that we didn't realize then and we're looking back on now, those are going to be the, it's going to be the same when we're 80 and we're looking back on us in our 50s and our 60s and we're thinking, man, I was so young. I was in great shape. My body could do all these great things. I could go walk. I could go exercise. And your stage of life, same thing. Who had a baby who couldn't wait till they got, I don't know, out of diapers. And then all of a sudden they were out of diapers, except every time you get in the car, they'd have to stop and pee. Or you couldn't wait for them to walk and talk. And then like I heard a comedian say, as soon as they start to walk and talk, you want them to sit down and shut up. <laughs> and that's so true. I love that line. It's it's hysterical, but it's true. And you know, there's these cycles, but the one you're in right now is special. It's really special. And you're never going to get it again. So don't wish your life away. It will come to that next point soon enough. And you know that. You, you're you old enough now that you've been there and you know that that's true. My final tip that I hear, I need to sh- close with a story because it's so true. And it it really visualizes the idea of the, the final tip here. And it was that I went into a room, this woman was 101, and I asked her how she's doing, and I asked her how her teeth were. And she said, I'm so glad you asked. And she jumped up out of her bed, she like darted to her bathroom, and she pulled out four tubes of toothpaste. And they were all whitening toothpaste from different brands. And she said, which of these should I be using 
which is the best and what can I get that's even better? Because my teeth look like an old person's teeth. They're not white enough. Oh my gosh, this was great. Her teeth were maybe the whitest teeth I've ever seen in my life. But here's this 101-year-old woman. Her big concern in life is that her teeth aren't white enough. And I'll tell you, all around her were rooms of people probably age 55 and above who couldn't even get out of their bed, who had a little bowl that they would, like a little spit tray that they would brush their teeth or not in and spit into that tray. A lot of them didn't even use toothpaste, or if they did, it was just whatever the home gave out as their free one and could care less about their teeth. You don't know how many times I see people that have two or three teeth that are in their 50s and tell me, look, these are mine. And they're so proud of them because they think they're old and they think having two teeth is normal. And whether you have teeth or not, I'm not judging you by saying that. But here's this 101-year-old woman, all her own teeth. They're beautiful and they're so straight. And her big worry in life is the shade of her teeth. So that is really the story I want to use to lead into my last tip, which is to remember that age really is a number. It's good to be okay with aging. Aging is life. That's what happens. It would be really weird if we got stuck in the 10th grade, although that was probably my favorite year. But, you know, aging is, it's beautiful. But that doesn't mean you have to act your age. It doesn't mean that because you're a number, whether it's 30 or 50 or 70 or 101, that now you shouldn't, you know, have to get up and brush your teeth or that you should now just sit and watch life happen or that now you don't have to take care of yourself. You don't have to watch your nutrition or get exercise because you're getting old. That's not what that's not what it's supposed to be like. It's okay to enjoy the stage of life that you're in. As a matter of fact, I highly recommend and encourage it, but it doesn't mean you have to quote, act your age, whatever that is. Now, if you think that 50 is the new 25, yes, go ahead and act your age because that's perfect. But you're you're not dead because you're an empty nester or because you're getting mail from AARP every other day. You need to enjoy this, make the most of it, and stay healthy. I think there's an age where a lot of us forget our age. Just forget your age and live your best life. Choose your future. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, like, share, leave a comment, any of that. I appreciate it all. You can reach me by clicking on any of the links in the show notes. And I hope to see you again next Monday and every week here on the Choose Your Future podcast.